0: hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 hours this is one of your co-hosts Vince Kochi joined today by nobody because my sweet sweet co-host grant is on the road in Portland Oregon uh, recording a series of episodes that we've mentioned uh, last week on the show but we're calling it 10,000 miles which will hopefully be an ongoing series of trips that we take to interview people in their natural habitats. Uh, this week we've been recording in Portland some really, really cool guests. I am infinitely jealous of Grant that he got to go out there, but I got to join him on the calls and really made for some amazing conversations, but that is the reason why I am introducing this episode alone. So a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of sadness, but a lot of excitement about the upcoming episodes. Without further ado, this is episode 24, Red Flags. Red Flags, that's something Grant and I have talked about a lot on our own. Basically, it's what it sounds like. It's these indicators, these moments that might tip you off that there is a problem or might be a problem in a certain relationship or uh, be that business or personal or a project or a client, what have you. Uh, How to find these indicators. How to identify if it's something that should be addressed or avoided. And kind of like, what happens when you, when you do see that there's a red flag? How do you, how do you respond? Uh, and it's just him and I on this episode. It's a hostful. So look forward to that. And look forward to giving a shout-out to a friend of the show and an awesome company here in Minneapolis, Vaughn91, this episode's sponsor, They're a digital shop that specializes in everything online, and they do amazing work. They've worked with Grant firsthand, and Grant has only amazing things to say about them. And from what I've seen, with good reason, they do beautiful work. They have just the development smarts and design sensibilities that you need for your website needs. So if you want to check them out, that's VON91.com. I highly recommend it. And if you do have website needs of your own, definitely give them a call. They're well worth your time. Uh, So thank you. Thank you so much, Vaughn91, for sponsoring this episode. And thank you, listeners. Enjoy a hostful episode 24, Red Flags.
1: If a goal was to work with me, for example, I need him, even though I respect that <laughs> Multidisciplinariism, narianism, narianism. Yep. that extra inism. Yeah, that's multidisciplinariism. Di- <clears throat> disciplinary Anism. inism. Disciplinarianism. You nailed it. Woo! Count it. Ship that First one. Try. <laughs> that's a wrap on disciplinarianism. <laughs> hey, got it. <laughs> Okay, Vince, tell me what you're putting your sweet, sweet time into. Uh,
0: so I don't know if you've ever heard of Brand Matters, but it's something that we do at Yamamoto. Mm. Um, it's kind of a partnership we have with the Carlson School of Management, which is a
1: part of the University of Minnesota. You said that in sort of an Ivy League way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Carlson School of Management? Yeah,
0: I didn't, I can't do accents, though, so I definitely did not sound like I that. I can.
1: If you listen to episode... Seventeen sixteen, Dave and Laura Coleman.
0: Yes, the I did a killer
1: Australian accent. Definitely is not arguable. It was good. So,
0: I think it offended our guests. So you're working with
1: Carlson School of Management. <laughs> yeah, brand, brand matters.
0: Brand. So Ma- brand matters is basically a speaker series when we bring in um, people who are typically high ranking CEOs, presidents, marketing directors, and they talk about. A problem, and they view it through a lens of the whatever company or brand they're attached to. Sure. And this week, or it's it's like a quarterly thing. So this quarter, Q two. Yes, we're Is talking. I think it's Q three. three I think it's Q3. the beginning of Q three. Okay. Um, we're talking about the Mall of America and the rebrand and how brick and mortar oh. retail can compete with online
1: retail. Did you see the uh, I believe Chinese ripoff of that? No. Oh my God, we're gonna show notes that. So I believe it was Duffy and Partners that did the rebrand of Mall America, which was beautiful, beautiful yes. work. And there was this—this uh, this was making the rounds on the internet. And I think it might have first been posted by Under Consideration, which posts new brand uh, identities that are redone or started, whatever. And uh, it was like, oh my God, it was <laughs> a one hundred percent ripoff <laughs> of the mall of america branding by some chinese oh, that's company awesome. yeah it was incredible
0: i'm gonna to have to share that at the office tomorrow but that's what i've been working on this week is like promoting that and the branding mm. surrounding that event and it's been a lot of fun
1: have you been doing any word of mouth just sort of walking around minneapolis just and just shouting out
0: it. brand matters on my walk extra extra
1: that's the read thing all about it that was the og branding marketing was, was that X-Tri, little kid extry
0: extry read all about it Dewey beats extry that's how they used to say it. Right? Oh, they said it like that. They had like a weird inflection. Huh. I don't know. No, no, it was I wasn't. I wasn't doubting you. It was I in was... like a Felix the Cat cartoon I watched once. So that's yeah. how I
1: knew it. Everything I know, I learned from
0: <laughs> Grant. He...
1: What have you been working on? this Well, week, I recorded man? an episode of the a Cosby Cast this week. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up. So Vince God. hosts a podcast called the Cosby Cast. I definitely suggest you go check it out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we'll show Cos- notes it because cosbycast. now we com. have to. Uh, Yes.
1: Uh, let's see what I've been working on. Um, I've been negotiating a couple of deals um, for some future work, um, which I'm really excited about. I'm sort of in between – well, I'm not really in between projects, but I'm like in between major commitments Um but besides that, uh, which I'm really excited about, and I think we'll, I'll push that stuff out soon, I guess I've been working on a website redesign, which right. I should show you some more of. It's looking real cool. I need some
0: sneak peeks, man.
1: Yeah, working with, working with my friends over at Vaughn91, real cool dudes, Irv and Matt specifically. So that's been a blast just because I haven't really put time into that in a long time, and I think it's valuable, and, and it's, God, it's so great to design for yourself. What a joy. Um, some people would,
0: would swing you yeah, around that yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of a burden, right? It
1: was, and it was for a while, but just like any creative process and just like any feeling I swear I have where I'm like, hold on. Like, for example, let me quick aside. Like sometimes at like three, four or five in the afternoon, I like get super paranoid and like weird. And I'm like what? every day at the same time. No, it, it's like day by day. Sure. But, but it, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And usually it's like, and I get irritable and I'm like, what? And then I'm like, I go eat something or have dinner and then I feel way better. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's what it was. I just haven't eaten in like many, many hours. And honestly, it's this crazy thing. And it's this crazy thing now that I recognize the onset of it. I'm like, oh, okay, I need to eat. Like, but before it's like, you don't understand the chemicals that are going. So I've been working on that. I've been working on, uh, Ooh, this, Oh, well two music videos that I'm super hyped on. We just finished shooting a bunch of other stuff. I'm like, you've been
0: really busy on sets lately,
1: hitting it hard on set the camera. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I'm not operating any cameras, but right. I have been like writing scripts and art directing stuff and, and getting groomed into some more directorial roles, which is super exciting. Writing a treatment for that, that one music video. very cool. So I'm like, I honestly, I feel like uh, you discover something and you're just like this whole world that opens up to you. And I'm, I'm right back there with like how I felt about advertising maybe four years ago where I was like wow this is incredible you know I was digging into Bernbach and digging into like all Ogilvy and like all these greats and reading about the whole history of it I'm now like I've been doing that but now I'm really doing it with film stuff and I'm like going nuts
0: What are you reading right now about film
1: Uh The Filmmaker's Eye which is this beautiful book I, I don't know the author it's like something Mercado Mercavo, or something um, tough to pronounce name. Yeah yeah and um it breaks down like it's like something I think the subline is something like uh the rules or like learning and breaking the rules of composition and cool. visual storytelling or cinema whatever and it it analyzes all of these shots from movies and breaks down like the principles of cinematography and it's so fantastic. I'm also reading um Creativity Inc by Ed Catmull of cool. Pixar so that's a really cool like narrative. Very cool. Yeah, so just jamming on a bunch of stuff and super hyped. But I'm also yes. working on something associated with the show a We've little trip. Yes. Yeah. A little trip, which has got multi purposes you know, personal, business, client, but also podcastical. <laughs> it's got podcastical implications. Yeah. So I'm headed west um, starting next week, but I, I started to date this. But when this is released, I think it'll be, I'll already be back probably. Yeah. No, you're, I'll, I'll no, be, no, I'll still be, be on the road. On the road, I'll, I'll, road still, yeah. I'll still be on the road. So I'm headed to Portland. Uh, recording some podcasts with some real real rad people we've got the made...
0: lineup is unbelievable
1: yeah and I don't even want to say yet but um it's it's like a real good cast of people that I just am so hyped on can't wait to share and I think we're gonna be doing a little something with them and greener magazine which is super exciting Absolutely. not a hundred percent certain yet but uh
0: very cool if that happens yeah
1: yeah I think so so just a a bunch of rad stuff happened on the road. Um Yeah. And I can't wait to revisit Portland. Last time I was in Portland was for Creators Go West with Vince. It uh, was an
0: amazing city. My favorite stop on the whole whole tour. Mm-hmm. And I've got a lot of great, very fond memories of Portland. I'm jealous <laughs> of you. Hopefully, we're going to make some more. Um I'll be holding down the fort here in Minneapolis. But it'll be cool to to hear from some people with the live in-person perspective
1: yeah so that's gonna be weird i'm gonna be with our guests and in vince, their, vince will be in the studio yeah you'll be like in their place of creativity for the most part in their home you could say you might say
0: that so yes yeah, keep an eye out for the next month or so of shows to be
1: um be live from portland yeah portland-based creators really for the most part awesome and what are we calling this grant we're we are calling it uh well you know the show is called Ten Thousand hours right vince I've, yeah, I've cool. i yeah cool I don't know. Hey, let's, Whoa. Hey, <laughs> uh, so we're calling this 10,000 miles and basically it's, it's 10,000 hours on the road. You know, anytime we're going to take the show on the road, it is, it is part of this series, which, which is 10,000 miles.
0: Perfect, man. I'm excited for it. Big step for us. Cool. A cool kind of iteration of the theme. And I think it's going to lead to some really entertaining stuff.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So you want to get down to business now? Let's get down to the B. I'm really excited about this topic. This has been one that we've been saving up for a hostful. By the way, we have no guests this week. If you hadn't <laughs> oh, already, if you haven't it. already like uh, figured it out, it's just Grant and
1: I. That'd have been so rude of us to just leave them hanging for <laughs> but like also very eight predictable
0: of us. <laughs> All right, I'm into yeah. it. I'll count um, that. But yeah, we've been saving this one for a hostful, and we're excited about it. Uh, it is. Red flags.
1: Red flags. Oh, my gosh.
0: Tell us about red flags, Grant. What are they? What's a red flag to you?
1: So a red flag to me is it can be it can be viewed a bunch of different ways, you know, but I think specifically or for the most part we're talking about with projects and with people. Absolutely. You know, so indicators, signals. Um,
0: Just a sign, an yeah. omen that something could go wrong in mm-hmm, the future mm-hmm. on this
1: project. So I – In a very Nate Silver way, we are almost kind of talking about finding the signal in the noise, Yes, but specifically we're talking about finding the negative signal or the thing that uh, signals you to uh, get the fuck out of there. To
0: bail. (laughs) How do you know when to bail on a partnership or a collaboration or a project or a job? A
1: client, uh, whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you because you've got some good red flag stories I remember from our... Just history together. <laughs> and um, I think we're I think we're going to have some fertile ground here.
1: Yeah. I mean...
0: What do you want to talk about <laughs> first? Do you want to dive right into examples? Do you want to... Why don't well, we talk about first why red flags are yeah, important?
1: Yeah, let, let's frame it. Let's frame it. So to me, the reason red flags are important, um, a lot of the work we do and a lot of the things I do are focused on simplicity. They're yes. focused on yep. distillation, on on maximum potency
0: optimization, basically. Sure.
1: Yeah. And sometimes there are things, you know, if, uh, maybe an apt metaphor would be if we have a rowing team and one of the rowers is not pulling their weight, not only are they not helping the team, they can be hurting the team. And so when we think about our own, uh, amount of RAM, our own amount of focus or bandwidth, if you want to yeah, call it that. Yeah, creative energy, whatever. Yeah, creative use. energy. Yeah. yeah, you only have so much. And so everything you devote um, that energy to is pulling. And you just need to be very conscious of where you're putting that. And so for me, I'm always analyzing the projects I'm working on through the lenses. You know, what am I trying to get out of it? Who am I trying to work with? You know, what are the pros? What are the cons? Absolutely. Sort of cost benefit. And then also just sort of a more intuition based feel. So the reason red flags matter is because. It helps you identify, uh, you know, the positives or the negatives of a project, of a person, of a not to put it in such mm, terms, but really.
0: Yeah, but it is what it is, right? Yeah, it
1: it is what it is, and so it's just a, a very valuable tool or a very valuable like idea.
0: Yeah, you'll save yourself a lot of. We talk about resources a lot on this yeah. show. You'll save yourself a lot of time, mental energy, happiness if you indicate and recognize these red flags early and avoid them either altogether or at least get out of a situation that it's disadvantageous to yourself. And I think you made a good point when you said it's not just someone not sitting there not pulling, they might be pushing. Mm-hmm. And so if you have five people on a team, for instance, and one is a red flag haver waving the red flag, they it's like you have three people on the team, not four, because well, they're going to be negating their the work.
1: There, there's an important distinction right there. So first is identifying a red flag that requires help or uh, discussion or whatever. Um, this goes back to communication. So let, let's use the same, this same example. We have five people on a team. Let's right. say, let's say I'm leading this team sure. and I have five people working with me. I see one who's not pulling their weight. There's a difference between not pulling your weight and pushing against the group. And it's my responsibility. I think as a leader, as someone um, who can identify that in the situation, to speak up when I see a red flag. So, and a red flag yes. in this situation might be, hey, you are not getting enough done. Or hey, you are not communicating what's going on. Let's say I'm working right. with five designers to get more concrete. Uh-huh. I'm working with five designers. Four of them are, are coming to me quick and, and getting feedback right away. This Presenting fifth designer.
0: Presenting the work early, like doing everything right.
1: Be honest, be, be, um, be quick. This fifth designer is is guarding it, they're designing in a vacuum, they're not sharing. Okay, so that's a red flag to me. And that's not necessarily a red flag of, like, inaptitude. That's just a red flag of, of the health of the project, the health of, of, of the relationship, right? That's
0: a very important point. A red flag does not mean, like, we're not being draconian or, like, this re- a relationship advice book. Like, red flag, ditch it. Red flag just means the potential for problems exists. Your
1: car says check engine. It doesn't mean you should throw it away. Exactly. It means you should take it in, right? So,
0: very well said. Yes, exactly right.
1: So that's, you know, step one. But the next level is, you know, and I think there really is and this is an important distinction to make there is an onus on people to communicate when you see a red flag. And, and it's because a lot of times people don't know these things. It's so hard to see yourself from a different perspective. Yeah. And so you know, I think the reason I value our relationship, Vince, and the reason I value a lot of the relationships I have with other creatives is, if they see something wrong, they tell me, Just speak up and <laughs> And then you can adjust. Right, and that's—I mean—one of the pitfalls I see in a lot of relationships and dynamics, and especially uh, Midwest, right? This passive-aggressive idea of not saying anything. Yeah, it's so
0: true. It's so true. We are very liable to see something, and out of fear of causing confrontation or upsetting someone else, or even offending the red flag haver, we will just hope for the best, and then it inevitably blows up, and we wonder why we didn't take action in the first place.
1: Totally. And I, I, man, this is, this is really, really an easier said than done thing. Yes. I find myself yeah. in situations where I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. Cause I'm just like, oh, I don't want to deal with this it's too much mental energy. But then I think back and I'm like, wait, I'm preaching this idea of like open communication. And, uh, even, even in our personal relationships, I think this applies Absolutely. Is if you have something wrong, it's selfish of you to hold it in. And, uh, yeah. I've, so I've tried to be more open with that stuff for sure, and and not to separate myself too much from that feeling, but to just say, I, even in a situation where you're uncomfortable, let's say in a working dynamic, I don't know exactly why I'm not like why I'm upset here, but I'm not happy with this particular situation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to communicate that.
0: Even if you don't know exactly how to articulate it. Yeah. The important thing is you just get the feeling out there because it makes people aware.
1: Yeah. That's a real tough thing. Yeah. To know you're feeling something that seems illogical.
0: Ew. But to understand that the feeling is still merit-based?
1: Yeah, merit-based or maybe even not. Because maybe that's a red flag that someone else can help you identify in your in your own work. A
0: good point, a good point. And on the other side of the coin, though, as important as it is to mention it whenever you see one of these red flags, sometimes, at least if you're more of a person in my shoes, you're not always in a position that you can... Point sure, it out. Sure. Maybe you're working with a client and you're just a worker bee on the project and you notice a red flag and the red flag exists within the client or within the management. What What's a person supposed to do in this
1: situation? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a whole nother of, of red flag or of signal in this situation. So, <laughs> this is kind of one of those points where you distinguish between a couple of different things. Let's say this is on a project. There are mm-hmm. some projects... You need to realize, and I I think this is kind of what it breaks down to, is you need to realize sort of what you're dealing with. You need to kind of look at it from the perspectives of different people. I don't mean to be too ambiguous here, but let's just say, let's say this is a design client, okay? Yep. And let's say we're doing a particular project, and you have limited resources, they have limited resources, there are all these different constraints and and motivations going on here you need to understand what they're buying and you you know your motivation might be to do the very best strategic work but you need to understand sometimes that it's not realistic for you to get certain ideas or certain concepts through and i don't mean to settle i don't mean to water down the work but i mean to be honest about what's realistic you know we don't change the world if we take that that view with everything and that's where i say you know don't 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 stick to that always but there are situations where hey i know that i have other things going on or i have other stuff and i'm not saying that's you know my whole my my sole focus but i know i only have this much energy to give to this thing yeah and if the person is not far enough along if the client is not far enough along if the project is in a certain state you need to be pretty honest with yourself and say this is what needs to happen and this is this is red flag of this person's taste or of this person's motivation is the real indicator. You know, sometimes a client doesn't give a shit about the quality of the design. They give a shit about the timing. They give a shit about the X or the X or the X. X.
0: So I guess the point then would be, and correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. It's not always that you have to confront the red flag when you see it, because sometimes that's not going to be appropriate. But you have to take action, even if it's just personal action, when you see it. Because if I see that red flag and the red flag is the client's true motivation, and then I ignore it. I'm going to run into problems because at some point there's going to be a disconnect. But even if I recognize it, at least I recognize it and I can work around it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the action doesn't have to be dramatic, but, but, yeah, but right. it's, it's really just about the awareness. So, you know, if, if I have somebody who's, who like really likes to micromanage something, you just need to be aware of that and you need to deal with it.
0: And prepare to get micromanaged. Yeah. I mean, that's just,
1: that's part of it.
0: But if you are, if you are like leading the project or in your case, working firsthand with clients, you can be more proactive in actually dealing with these red flags.
1: Right. So I guess let's take a step back. Sure. Step one is what? Identifying a red flag.
0: Yes. The most important of all the steps.
1: So I'd be curious to hear from you a little bit too about, about what signifies a red flag for me it right away. It's just like communication frequency.
0: That is a huge one.
1: You know, I'm an advocate of purposeful communication, efficient communication, um, kind communication. And by that, I mean, kind on the reader, you know, writing short, writing succinct, asking specifically, even formatting, you know, that I'm, I'm crazy about that stuff, but it's important and it matters. Um, so frequency of communication, if someone drops off, that's definitely a red flag that something is going on. Not necessarily that like all is lost, but
0: right. Or by the same token, if someone over communicates, do you think that's a red flag as well?
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I mean, we're in a gray area, but so yeah, on that side of things, what that usually means is like, they haven't spent enough time thinking about it themselves. Bingo. That's what I was trying to get to. Right.
0: So you want communication that's constant, you don't want there to be large gaps. You don't want people just to stop well, at the same time. Like it has to be, there has to be a reason for each of the communications. Yeah. So
1: that's what I was going to say was it's not, it's not even about frequency, I guess at this point or right. volume it's about, okay, does this per- person communicate well? Cause <laughs> frankly, that's a pretty good indicator of, yeah. of their aptitude, not always. And I think especially with generational gaps, like I know some brilliant people who are perhaps in an older generation than I, who don't communicate that well on the internet, but who are seriously brilliant. And so that's something to be considered. Um, Yeah,
0: Communication is a big one, and we might get back to it. But before I forget, I want to point out one of my biggest personal red flags, working in the agency world. In the industry. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Prioritization. Yeah. Not... It's important not what they prioritize because that's up to the client and sometimes maybe I have a different philosophy from them or vice versa, but that they can prioritize. And this means a willingness to compromise and understanding especially represented in the brief. Like I get a project and I see a hierarchy of information. This is the kind of stuff that needs to be included. This is the kind of stuff that needs to be done. And there's no like... There's no like tier system. There's no like this stuff has to happen. This stuff should happen. This stuff might happen. There's like everything is in the has to happen column of the graph. Mm-hmm. That is a signifier to me that this client is either unable to prioritize or unwilling to compromise, and there's going to be problems not only in in like the building of the actual information, but in the project in general
1: yeah that's a good point i mean that brings me right back to talking about the project lifespan and oh yeah and i mean what happens at the start of a project you get excited and you have you you pretty much literally have the best version of the project it could ever be in your yes, head in and your so mind. it's right. all downhill from here that doesn't mean you're not going You're you know you hopefully you're going from like very high peak to somewhere in you know still in the mountains right but um
0: <laughs> you're not going to the riverbed
1: but yeah that, that's a that's a really is it just great point. like
0: is it as simple as idealism versus realism is that the is that the red flag
1: well that's a balance we're constantly striking and i think a red flag to me is when someone doesn't have enough idealism interesting so so and and this is sort of a funny thing to say because i'm you know i'm focused on this pragmatism and these You're other. you are a things. very
0: pragmatic person i would say
1: would you say i'm idealistic though Yes. Absolutely. So, there you go. <laughs> but but I think okay, this is this is a real good jump into into idealism versus um realism and I think money, the conversation about money and the conversation The biggest
0: about, of the red flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and
1: but really and honestly, I think that whole money conversation if we can just even jump forward or backward or sideways, wherever, is to <laughs> it's it's I hate, (laughs) well, I don't hate, sometimes I struggle to talk about experience Uh because I have limited experience. You know, I definitely have experience and I think I have sort of an intensified version from the norm for sure. I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. um, So I think, and you know, I mean, just based on, sometimes I feel like I know things because I've read them. You know what I mean, really. Yeah. But like, no, yeah. I, I've read about a lot of situations, and I've read about a lot of things in from some very smart people, and so I I feel like I have sort of a like that in my head sometimes, even a though I don't have the experience. experience right? yeah. You, yeah, it's, you it's so weird. The yeah. but, but uh this is a great thing where, or a great a great example of a red flag. So someone who hasn't failed before, which can be cliche, but. Man, I've I've really fucked up so much stuff, like a a ton of stuff, as you You're know. Be both friend, yeah. And um, I think about first time business owners. You know, I work oh, with man. I work with a lot of startups. Yes. And you know those guys. Here's the here's the beauty of those guys. They're the most idealistic. There's and when no I say guys, there. I mean people. <laughs> I mean when I say guys, I mean people. But just to clarify, um, those people are the most idealistic, and I love it because that has the most potential. It has the biggest range. It's like amazing, but they sometimes lack the pragmatism and the realism to see the thing through and to know that this is not, this is not a three month project. This right. is not a six month project, Yes, you know? And I think that's where maybe sometimes I struggle personally because I've, I haven't seen a six year project through cause that's not a thing, but I have read about a lot of them. I know what that takes. And, uh-huh. and so I guess there's just a really big balance there. When, when I see someone who is pragmatic that instantly is actually a green flag that is yeah. someone who someone who's realistic who gets to terms quickly who gets cuz i negotiate with startups too a lot you know about sure. equity about payment i would negotiate with clients a lot too um and you know i've pretty set standards for that and and it's it's not crazy but it's still a thing and um and so that pragmatism that realism is is a is a good indicator but when it when it travels too far down that path of realism we then end up with something that has no potential because it has no vision. Right. And cause it's
0: already been placed inside its own constraints.
1: Gosh. I mean, I'm quoting, I'm quoting a tweet or something I saw today. I don't remember. Oh, Simon Sinek actually. Good, good, good. Yeah. It, it was something like, and I'm paraphrasing. It was like the, the realist, um, sees the obstacles between, you know, on the path between this and that, um, and the idealist sees the the pleasure or the 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 reward of the ultimate of the end of the path. Uh-huh. They seem like they would be good travel companions, and so I think something to be said there is that, okay, sure, a balance is important to me also yes. what's important to me is finding good compliments, you know oh yeah, and I, I try and represent sort of both sides of the coin. But depending on the project, I maybe represent something more on either side. You
0: can represent either, right? You're a, you're a flex spot. If you have a very idealistic client, you can be the one that brings them down to earth. Mm-hmm. But if you have a more straight-laced, kind of realistic client, you can be the one that grants them vision. And that's I think that's a great strength to have. I think that's something a lot of people who cater to a diverse client base should be able to do.
1: So I guess we're just really talking about seeing and understanding and being observing
0: exactly (laughs) understanding the people you're working with right but you we've talked about like well what happens if their personalities are a little different what what if they're a little too pragmatic and then i can over adjust and be the idealist what happens when the red flag is really truly a red flag and there's a personality divide like you can't bridge the gap what does that look like have you ever experienced that Or you just knew that you and a client or you and a partner or you and a project were never going to be able to bridge the disconnect?
1: Yeah. I try and be pragmatic about that, too. I mean, or (laughs) like all things, I try and be pragmatic, but also be sensitive (laughs) to it. And um, Uh what I was going to say, though, is there are sort of a range of people I see on that. I see people... Okay, I mean, naturally, we just break people down into sort of, you know, we, we equate them, we we quantify them. Categorize them. Categorize, I mean, yes. it's the way the human mind right, works, right. right? Okay, so I see some people who, <laughs> who I feel like th- that can't be saved. You know what I mean? Just not going to happen. Right. Like, respect them as people, respect what they're doing. I'm not going to work with them. Right. I see people who I might work with, but I might have a little bit of trepidation, and I'm going to be a little more cautious, okay? Mm-hmm. I see people who... I want to work with, but they're just not quote unquote experienced enough. They haven't been hit enough to know the obstacles that lie ahead. And, and honestly, I think this is actually a a self-aware moment for me realizing that I don't want to be the realist for them. You know, it's, it's to say I'd rather be an idealist in, in most situations Mm -hmm. because I know I have the. I have the realist side in me and I'm willing to put in the work and the and and, and take the attention to detail and, and really refine that. But I don't want to be the person driving that realistic vision because if that's the case, and most of the times in those situations, like the budgets are smaller, the people, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Those are much earlier stage. Oh, yeah. And so it's like crazy for me to want to occupy that position. So there are those people, but the thing is with those people, I see that idealism and I love it. And you know what I love? I love... I love connecting with them oh, and, yeah. and starting something. I've I've actually done this a few times where I've started something. It's you know kind of like very very minimal, but I just kind of let them grow and I see them develop. And some of those people then come back around in a year, in two years, and they become the other person because they took some knocks, you know. Oh yeah, and, and maybe we're kind of idealists with knocks now, holding hands, running forward. <laughs> so I think it's just like identifying the person, sort of where they're at in, in their journey. And not to say that they're not capable, but to just know like how much you have to give and the resources you need and and what your dynamic is there and so I guess actually let's just jump into that like really the a lot of what we're talking about is awareness, and it's kind of like knowing what what your role is in a situation and knowing what you need to do and what that person is doing, and being upfront about it.
0: Yeah, dude. I think that's a much larger conversation. No, like, would you
1: say? Would you say it's a whole nother show topic, <laughs> Vince?
0: I would go as far as to say, like, it is above even show topicdom. It is a guiding principle.
1: It's a two-parter. <laughs> Sorry,
0: it's an overarching principle of the show.
1: Self-awareness,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think we've been pretty broad.
1: Yeah, like so far. pretty vague. Like, but, come on. I
0: mean, but we started that. We start why Tom we go now. We've been talking about like sweeping, like personal like making sure your personalities are aligned and understanding when a situation may not be compromisable. Sure. Can we get a little more? Let's get into, into it. some like pinpoint. Sure. Let's let's talk red, about it. Like red flag. Let's indicators. say.
1: Let's say this. Let's say this. Let's just talk. I mean, I I don't know uh, topic wise, whatever. Like, let's just dig into. Day by day, meeting with people, working with people. Yes. Um. So I probably have, I would say I probably have like, maybe th- coffee with three people a week on average, three or four people a week on average. And I'm, but I'm still very protective of my time. I try and clump that together sometimes, whatever. The reason I'm I'm pragmatic about working together, but the reason I like to get together is because you can sort of like eke out some information out of people and feel their vibe and show them your world and and talk about your stuff. And I guess here's a red flag. Okay. So Vince, it's nauseating, but I have told my story and talked about who I am. Thousands? I think so. Yeah. I was going to say hundreds, but I don't think, I think it's thousands Thousands of of times. times. Yep. That's insane.
0: That's a lot of times.
1: So what that requires is an assertion of the person, of the audience, and then an assertion of the important information and a knowledge of the actual story. Um, and it's constantly changing story, right? And you're constantly almost like it's it's just like theater. You're looking for sort of indicators. You're not right. that it's so calculated, but this is a natural inclination. Yeah. And so when someone doesn't have a good story, bingo, boom, it's boom, it's not boom, boom, like boom. Your story's
0: too boring. Your story's not compelling enough. It's do you know how to tell a story about yourself? Mm-hmm. If you don't, consider yourself red flagged. Because how am I ever going to like? understand what I need to know about you when you don't understand what you need to know about you.
1: Yeah. Let me actually get even deeper into the minutia and use a specific example because I know it's somebody who listens to the show and I hope this is valuable. Um, because it's, it, this is not meant to be disparaging in any way. Sure. Okay. So a guy named Denami, who... Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: tweeted He's tweeted at, yes, at yes. myself and oh, nice. you and cool. at the show.
1: Yeah, so I actually had coffee with him. Maybe last week um he'd reached out, he wanted to get together, it didn't work, whatever I put it off, and then I got together with him and and i'm I'm genuinely pretty selective about meeting up with people because i'm very like guarded of my time. You're very yeah, but exactly. his enthusiasm, so there's a good, good like plus a green one. flag, yeah yeah enthusiasm, yeah enthusiasm right. and and an honest enthusiasm, and, and he'd done his homework, okay, so but I met with him, and a lot of our conversation revolved around this idea of like what do you want to do, what do you want to be, and we were talking about like. Oh, he he would like to do something similar to me. He would like to do many things and do whatever. And what I kept saying over and over was, "You can," and like nobody can tell you you can't. But it is an uphill battle, and you need to like you need to fight to get examples of work in each of these categories, or you need to fight to to own each of it's these the if you want them. Path. It is, and it's it's worth it to me. For me think about the motivations of the person who's going to hire you. Okay. Mm. If your goal is to start a creative business, you want to do a range of work. Think about the motivations of the people who are going to hire you. Okay. If you want to work with me, you need to think about my motivations and I'll tell you them right now. I want you to be really good. I want you to communicate well and be honest. I don't want to coach you and teach you. I want to be sort of a part of development if that's a thing, but I need, I need to know what you're, what you're capable of and what you want to do. Right. Because, I could hire you to do something that you're capable of, but that you don't necessarily really, really, really want you to do. That's totally fine. But I need to know you're capable of it. And so if you can't show me that, if you can't prove that, that's just a really tough battle. And you need to do it. I mean, like, in, it's, you can talk about it all day long, but really you just need to like refine that story. You need to get those examples of work. You need to figure that out. And how do you refine that story? Oftentimes it's through just doing a bunch of stuff and getting quote-unquote experience.
0: I mean, I'm just nodding. You can't see me through the microphone, but it's all just a bunch of nods, man. It's Just sagely, solemnly, head up and down.
1: It's tough, though. That's, I mean, that's that's a tough conversation because the reality of it is you can do whatever the bleep you want. Right. <laughs> that was well-censored, right? Yeah, nicely done. You can do whatever the bleep you want, but it's like a long path, and what I've found more and more is like, just talking about it sometimes and this might be ironic cuz we're we're having a podcast about it but I think it's important um it's just like it's not going to get you further you need to just keep doing it and you but so I guess it's just more of a, a red flag not in the negative way but just an indicator of where you're on your path exactly dude and I experienced it I'm
0: sure you did when you were going to school for this stuff and people would ask you you know the standard question do you want to be in creative do you yeah. want to be in accounts so what do you want to do categorize yourself And part of you wants to say like, I don't know, but I want to do a little of everything because I want to learn. But then part of you has to realize that to an outsider, to someone you are talking to, that doesn't sound like I have so much passion. I just want to learn all parts. It sounds like I haven't given enough of a shit to figure out what I actually want to do. And so even if that's not the case, at least be prepared to
1: defend your position as someone who wants to do it all, dude. This is like a this is like dangerous territory for me because this is a subject I am almost the most passionate about. Oh yeah, and so I'm gonna go on a, a quick rant and I'm gonna try and be succinct. A
0: miniature tirade. Okay.
1: So what you're talking about? A lot of it comes down to knowing your audience. Yep. And if I think about it back to to myself. Um, there were flags that weren't necessarily red. They were just indicators of, of like empathetic, sympathetic audience where I would divulge more. Mm -hmm. But, um, when I was in school and I was getting advert, I was like trying to get into the advertising world. And then I was like doing advertising work, even though I was in school and maybe people didn't know that, whatever. I was looking for indicators of what they were looking for and, I mean, oftentimes they're just looking for the confidence and the ownership of a role, right? And so you need to put that on if it's if it's the audience. I, I'm, I'm going to say it by name here, but he, this is a guy where I was like, so Jake Stomanski. He used to be at Space 150. Hopefully, I'm going to get together with him when I'm in Portland um, soon. Oh, sweet, real good dude. He works at an Instrument where we, uh, visited, we visited two years ago. Yeah, Chris go, go West they do that amazing was So work. much fun. So he was a guy where. I could tell he kind of, like, got it. And that's another topic that I think we should dive into maybe at some point on the show. But I knew that, like, it was a safe space to talk about my true ambitions. Cool. And this isn't... I I I always jump around between like this like super calculated versus super just like natural. Oftentimes it is natural, but then when I look at it in hindsight, it was or like it it makes sense. But just being thoughtful about something doesn't make it calculated. Yeah, you're right. You're right, right. And calculated isn't bad. It's right, just exactly. Like, so okay, uh, basically, there are two ideas here. There's knowing your audience and knowing and having the confidence. Much, much like the ethos of less and the ethos of simplification, the confidence to say less and own less and do less and be less in order to have a bigger impact. so let's just say in a very practical way, you're talking to a recruiter or to, to a hiring manager or whatever, an agency. for you to say, oh, "I, I want to be a designer, but I also want to be a copywriter i want to that is just amateur you know <laughs> yeah. unless unless you can yes. own it and and frankly. To steal a uh, mannerism from Vince. Sorry, man. I've been really picking up <laughs> no. on that frankly vibe. Please man. Use it to not own one of those categories as your main is just like silly. It's irresponsible. It's super irresponsible and I wouldn't hire you. They shouldn't hire you just own it. Even for like, even if you don't believe it, that's what I'm saying right now. Right
0: no exactly
1: is is having the confidence to own a direction even when you know you aspire to more and so know your own situation know your aspirations and oftentimes we're talking about this whole idea which i've talked about many times of like uh of like treading water and like searching for this forward momentum and yes. then any direction forward allows you to pivot and to move forward and if you can be a designer air quotes And you really want to write copy, get in as a fucking designer and then write copy. So just like don't say you're a designer or copywriter.
0: And don't obsess and say, oh, this job, I'm only doing design. I can't copyright. I don't want to do that because you're afraid. What the fear is, right, is that I'm moving in a direction, but I'm moving in the wrong direction. I don't want to move in the direction away from copywriting. I don't want to be pigeonholed as as a designer, blah, blah, blah. That's excuse making. It's not about which direction you're moving in. It's about your inertia and that you're moving. Mm-hmm. And the faster you're moving forward, the more possibilities you have. We've talked about how to identify these red flags in other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh!
0: But we've always we've all been the red flag bearer to someone at some point. How do we know that we're the ones flying the flag? Is there a way to know? And I know the simple answer is to have a better self-awareness than you have already. Sure, sure. And we should always all strive for that. But are there like ways to... Have you ever done it where you like understand and suddenly something clicks? This is why someone didn't want to work with me. This is why this project didn't go as well as it could have because I had some indicator that threw things off.
1: hmm <laughs> Well, okay. That That's a thing... Let me start by saying that like human life is inherently subjective. Yeah. I mean just like yes. th- there is let's let's call this like a <laughs> like an existing reality of mathematics that is happening <laughs> around us, but because we are all intersecting with our particular perspectives, it is, you know, the information and the things we share are just pretty much all subjective.
0: So can I say that this is the single greatest qualifier in the history of the show? Absolutely. Like the broadest, most all-encompassing qualifier.
1: <laughs> I'm going to count that one. And, yes. I, and, and I'm actually going to hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll mark where this is in the episode. And if anybody ever calls us out on anything, we'll just bounce back to this and just say, <laughs> yeah. well, hey, listen, we said it was all subjective. Life in the
0: universe is mathematically subjective. <laughs> yeah. So.
1: <laughs> so I'm just saying we all come with our own opinions and, and our right. own subjectivity and, and so it is perspective based to a degree um, so so what's your question is
0: how can we ever are we even capable of being aware of our oh, own red flags
1: sure I mean there are two two ways for me personally um, well, there are a few ways you know if somebody says something, that's, that's the way number one is anyway. a surefire indicator. <laughs> Um, I haven't really had that be a thing. I Honestly, I think I'm neurotic enough that like I'm so nervous about disappointing somebody that right. I'm like, you know, I've gotten better about it, but it's it's definitely like, yeah. I, I'm probably more likely to call myself out than anyone else, okay?
0: I think that's pr- pretty true.
1: Yeah. So, that being said, I think what helps me be more aware of what's going on in the quality of the work, because that's, that's kind of... Really, yeah. the quality of the idea, the validity of the idea, the quality of the design, whatever, um, often comes from. I need to get outside sources, although I need to also trust myself, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, I just I solicit feedback from a specific group of people, you included, and that's like one way I. Just oh, sort of that's just the. I mean, that's the biggest way, right? Right. To get honest feedback and to
0: understand why, like, the people giving the feedback and make sure it's honest and trustworthy. And that's the best way to understand if Mm -hmm. you're throwing up any red flags.
1: Yeah, I also try and – this is something I've seen, like, gosh, this is crazy to me, especially I I get more into the video production side of stuff and being on set so much the last few months. It's like set etiquette is a really important thing. So is I think oh, client etiquette in giving feedback and, and, and I mean, communication etiquette and oh God, I, I killed this project a while ago, but I had started writing these like rules of engagement and more and more, I just kind of see value in them. Um, because here's a way to kind of fight past somebody who doesn't have the experience and a red flag would be like, Oh, they've never done with it. Dealt with this before. We're going to have to deal with this. Well, guess what? They just need to be educated. And, exactly. Yeah. And so like, uh, that to me is is just like sending them over what the expectations are and and how to behave on set or how to behave in this relationship or how to because
0: bad behavior is a is like a dead giveaway of a red flag.
1: Yeah, and it's also bullshit. I think even too. if it's
0: accidental, even the, if the person doesn't just out of like naivete or inexperience or ignorance, they're throwing up red flags and they. They don't deserve to be No, Yeah, up. what I was going
1: to say there was, and that's great, you said they don't deserve to be put in that position, is it's on us. How the hell can you expect someone to come on to a film set and understand exactly how to behave? If you have not prepped them, that is crazy. Right. So I think this is a big thing to say, like, you know, sometimes you see a red flag and you wonder, why is this red flag happening? Is it because I didn't prepare this person?
0: Yep. Very, I mean, really well said. And so that, I mean, that's like the, the third layer, like finding it in others, finding them in ourselves and then finding out why they exist in others because of ourselves. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, and to take a step back to, to ourselves, I mean, what yep. does that mean? Self-awareness? Sure. Okay. Right. 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 Okay. We got that. We said self-awareness on the episode a couple of times, <laughs> so we're good to go on that. But really, okay. Morning pages are one thing, you know, I haven't been doing them lately. Real, real talk. Um, hoping to get back in the, in the thing there which that's a great way to be self-aware and to sort of process things that are going on. I think the reason I haven't been doing them lately, not excuse making, (laughs) uh, but you know, I've been talking more about what's going on. Yeah. And so I think just being aware of the projects you're working on, all of the things, whatever, and just aware of the way you're feeling. Like I said, when I get like weird and paranoid late afternoon, what the hell is that? So diagnose yourself, you (laughs) know? Right,
0: exactly. I mean, those are all great points. And before we bounce to the the next topic, which is off A little bit off, yeah. (laughs) I wanted to mention at least something that's worked for me in understanding and trying to become a better creative myself is uh, recognizing the patterns of behavior that exist in myself in others. So, you know, if I'm working with someone or if I'm working on a project and things are becoming frustrating, maybe I have a certain set of behaviors like acting checked out yeah. or maybe certain giveaways of annoyance or etc. And recognizing those and other people have helped me realize the things that I do in a project that might not be optimal relationship building.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's super on point. That's in what, what you were saying about uh, the, 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 you start to feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. It's a real good indicator i mean you feel your gut right i mean that's a really important thing it's also i think and i think this should be said because i think it's important is even with clients um i I try and be very forthright of course but i just say hey let's start on a small project let's start on one small indicator of our of our commitment of our mutual commitment to get a sample size let's do a four-week project let's do a uh, X amount of dollars project let's go on a
0: date before yeah, we get married
1: exactly and so i think you know if if there's anything to be said about this this whole this idea it's like be be smart about your own red flags and and like definitely put out those feelers and like look for them you other can people find red flags of your own right yeah
0: and find them in other people it's like
1: minesweeper. sweeper
0: because if you can see the bump on the ground before you step on it that's a that's you having dealt with a red flag in a lot better way, and it probably will even eliminate the consequences from that flag oh.
1: which uh, an exploding mine a lot of consequences <laughs> bad
0: ones, yes, well said as always, Grant, I think it's time now, do you agree to jump i do off this topic a little bit into something still pertinent though uh this week's off topic topic is road trips. And something I love, it can be as simple as like we can distill this idea down to I do some of my best thinking in a car for some reason. Mm. Even though I'm a horrible driver and I never drive, when I'm in the vehicle, I see the passing of the scenery. It gets me introspective. On the other hand, we can talk about journeys and monumental points in our life going from A to B. Sure. This is a, there's a lot of stuff to cover. Why don't you reflect on some yeah, road good. trip thoughts of yours? Just the road
1: on. trip. The road trip. Ugh. I w- I hope our editor, the open highway, the open road, the road, sun at your back, the road by Cormac McCarthy, fantastic mm. book. I hope our editor drops in some cinematic music here. I'm sure we we probably have a license for some Hans Zimmer. Soundtrack. we have no budget for that. Okay. Okay. either way <laughs> just imagine it dun, dun. okay so road trips hey come on man that was i'm giving him right. i'm all putting right. myself out there at least Ay. road trips to me are man what a, what a crazy thing they are honestly j- travel in general but you know especially road trips are such a an indicator and such a important thing you know, we took we took a road trip two years ago. That, I think, totally changed our trajectory.
0: Absolutely. I would say that's 100% yeah, true. Yeah, that,
1: that film's not done yet. It's something we're still working on. But regardless, it set us down a path that, honestly, just changed our lives. I mean, I obviously have a podcast with you still. Right. I am working so closely. I mean, like, partnering with Jake Woodbridge. Oh, yeah. Who filmed that, you know, on a bunch of projects. And it's just crazy to think that... It's almost like to me, I guess, a road trip, you know, and that ask and traveling with someone is a real indicator of their devotion to and, and just their willingness to be to be almost. But to be to be in a relationship with you on any level too Oh
0: man, it is an act of commitment. That's what it is.
1: Totally. I think of um, you know, Connor Champley, a good friend of mine. You know I mean, Oh yeah, I, I like that guy's yeah, great. He went to advertising week with me last year. You know, I think about Jonathan Pederino and Chris Newton and hopefully we can show notes all these guys. But those guys, you know, I spent a week down at South by Southwest with them. Uh I obviously did the two week road trip with you guys out to Portland, San Francisco, San Diego, LA, Vegas. Denver and Denver back okay. And I was back. like, wait, yeah, we were missing Denver. Oh, which is. was which was hugely influential. Woodbridge, I mean, that guy, Jake Woodbridge at woodbridgepro.com I uh, know. Show notes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he he went last minute with me to Wilmington, North Carolina to to go film a video for um for Patterns friend of the show, Absolutely. Josh Long. Yep. And and those experiences, man, I just I, I talk about this with Woodbridge a lot. It was like On the road, it was it was such an opportunity like you don't have, especially in a digital age. It's it's constantly looking at your phone, constantly, you know, this dopamine addicted society, whatever. But even just taking it back a step, it's just super raw and and honest and you can say things that you would never say. It's like it's so true. Canon canon law. It's so true,
0: man. It's formative, I think is the word I would use. I think of it the car as a crucible. Ooh. That forges us into maybe a greater version of what we could be. It's the time spent together, it's the distance traveled together. And you know, we humans are wanderers and it's only natural for for passing of distance to have a great effect on our psyche at the time and the way that we relate to other people. It's one of my favorite things
1: you to what, do. You know what it is? It's it's like I I've talked about that Seth project like exhaustingly i know man but like that that project was it was a really unique experience with with a smart group of people that i really connected with yes and i've compared it and like (laughs) <laughs> cautiously so. But I said when I came back from there I felt like I had sort of a version of post traumatic stress disorder because I'd gone through something not on the yes, level, but right 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 just right. gone through something sort of traumatic sort of upending changing changing that yeah, changed you with a group of people and no one else could really understand it and it wasn't their fault but it was just like they couldn't. And I think that's what a road trip is. It's this little capsule. It's this little sort of mile marker, literal mile marker. I think about every year, my last three or four years, the space in between. And then I think of the trips. You oh, know? yeah, man. And so they're just it's so memorable. It Formative is, was dude. a great, great word. So true. I'm going to take one soon. I'm going, I'm
0: flying out to Denver to meet old friend of mine, Carl Schaefer. Show notes him. Uh, and then we're <laughs> road tripping back to Minneapolis because he's going to spend the fall there. When are, the you, when are here. you going? Uh, end of August.
1: Huh. Yeah, maybe I'll roll with.
0: All right, all right man Just you want saying. to come with yeah i
1: do no pressure
0: i'll let, i'll talk to him we're gonna be moving his stuff is the thing
1: oh yeah yeah i so, can. I, yeah i could fit in a cupboard can you or be a... on
0: like the ski rack easily <laughs> easily
1: i mean it wouldn't be the first time oh my god dude no we'll, wood we'll talk about it man sure no worries um can we talk about the lighter
0: side of road trips quick
1: sure during the daylight instead of the nighttime drive. <laughs> 'Cause
0: because i i think we've like I could go on about the emotional yeah, impact was, forever. It was, that was a bit much. It is important, That was a though. bit much.
1: California, here we come. Background. That play, the playlist you we had gonna, on the... I thought you were going to... I was doing you justice. There.
0: I was just not going to jump. I wasn't going to interfere. Okay.
1: Um. Seemed like you weren't going to back me up, but... Yeah, two perspectives, and here we go. Uh, Red flags.
0: Can we talk about navigation quick? <laughs>
1: do you really want the to? The role uh? of
0: the navigator? I do, because I'm self-deprecating, but... Uh, What's the role of the navigator in the driver road trip (sighs) relationship? Okay, okay,
1: okay, okay. So this is also how I see projects in many ways. (laughs) You know, I guess in a project and as in life, I expect all parties to sort of be pushing forward. And that can vary at times, but generally, you know, if I see someone exerting themselves, I'm not. I get, and this is just from my perspective, but I'm not going to sit back. I'm going to try in some way to exert myself if it's beneficial to sure. The, yeah, absolutely. makes sense. And I, I equate this to design a lot of times in that, if I'm designing on a production level, I need someone to direct me. I need someone to, not that I'm not capable of being a director, but there's some projects where I just need someone who can navigate the design landscape for me. Oh yeah. You know, cause I only have limited bandwidth and we can move quicker. You know, this was actually it it makes makes total a sense, big, a big lesson on the, on the Seth project. So <laughs> when in the car, I guess my <laughs> expectation is because I don't really like, I like driving on some level. I do get some insights when driving. It does kind of relax me. Yeah when I'm doing it sort of more in like shorter, trying to get and to a destination pleasure. for a reason, right? Yeah. But just as a, gen- like even on road trips, I, I kind of like it, but as a general rule, I'm just not about it. Especially city driving. You're trying to get to a destination. Stressful, I'd rather, right? Yeah. I'd rather sure. like be writing my notebook. Okay. So that being said, if I'm going to put, be you driving, I expect, I expect my passenger or someone in the back, if that's the situation to be navigating. And I expect them to be diligent because I have to focus on the road. So you have to focus on the navigation. Oh yeah. This is a relationship. And so tell me about your opinion on this. What Like how, how react to that Vince, because clearly we're leading up to sort of our dynamic on the trip. Yeah.
0: So, uh, for the majority of the trip, I I did the least amount of driving. I think of everyone. Part of it is because of my partial blindness. I don't like to drive at night, but that put me in the navigator seat for a lot of it. And uh, I am I have a I am what do you say Navigation. infamous yeah. infamous for my inability to navigate.
1: I have a poor sense of direction, a poor internal compass, and as much as I want to rip on you, I'm actually going to say you know what you do have. You have exactly. a you have a good conversational sense, and you have a good um, awareness of of the people in the back.
0: Oh, that's nice. You, of you really say. do.
1: I mean, and that's kind of I think what well, leads you astray. But go on. Uh, so one of the,
0: oh maybe the only one of the very few otherwise times in <laughs> my and your Grant's relationship that I've ever seen you actually visibly annoyed with me <laughs> is when I had gotten us going in the wrong direction twice consecutively i think we were in portland at this point mm-hmm. and i had us go a direction then i said it was the wrong direction but it had turned out to be the right direction so basically you had to drive the same stretch of road city driving on a deadline in traffic yeah for like 20
1: minutes yeah and it
0: was pretty bad
1: <laughs> hey and i mean there there really is a, a great time to this is even about red flags but i mean i think we can kind of like segue in but it's like that is cause, okay, let me, let me be candid for a second. So my father, <laughs> not to get into daddy stuff, right. but no, my dad, my dad works incredibly hard and he's, he's, he is truly a role model. Yeah. And I feel very lucky to have that. Um, I see him get really angry in situations and I understand the anger and I'm like, yeah, I, I have come to understand that anger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know for a why I didn't, but you know I think the more the more I've gotten into leadership positions, the more I've gotten into like working really hard on stuff i've I've like really started to understand that, and I think what happens is there is an understanding that you know this person is working very hard on a thing, and the expectation is all parties should be working hard on the thing and and feeding to that and also there's and maybe this isn't from him, but this is more from me. I would rather not be driving, okay? Yeah. So I, I would rather just say, hey, you deal with it because I know you would have to deal with it, right? Yeah. But now you are forcing me in a position to deal with it and I am relying on you, okay? So I think there's a few lessons there. One is like know when you're getting upset and and start to try and diagnose it because I find myself oftentimes getting upset in situations that I would normally criticize him for getting upset in. Sure. And, and I don't want to paint a, a wrong picture of him like he's like the best.
0: Oh, you've said it a thousand times on the show. Okay, yeah, you yeah. have an extremely high opinion of him for good reason. I've met him; he's a very evil. Right, 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 right. right. I just want to yeah. be. I just want be clear. I just want to be clear. Totally, totally.
1: But there are situations where you know he is just illogically super angry, and I and I laugh at it. You know, <laughs> right, I, I, yeah. I I actually laugh yeah. at it, and I and then I like look at it later. I'm like, what the hell? But but why? You know what it, You know what it is? It it really is that like. That expectation that if I'm giving all this, you need to give this too. Yes, Um, and and I think there is an onus on that person, on on me, on him, on whatever, to communicate that. It all comes back. The big the big issue though is when that's communicated and then defied. You know that's where you're going to run into issues. Right, right, right. Um, But yeah, I mean, as far as that that whole thing goes, it was just like i didn't want to fucking drive man like, yeah
0: <laughs> we were it was tight deadline we were yeah yeah i mean down. that's
1: the other thing is like when you when you own when you own the like project or the thing and you're like it's just like a producer mindset you're like like because oftentimes like even on a set you get a bunch of people everybody's joking around but like we're all joking around and we all feel liberty and we feel permission to joke around because other people are joking around But who's the one who, like, makes sure that, like, we don't just devolve into that joking around? Right. And let's be clear. I don't want to be a project manager. I don't want to be the person whipping. You don't want to be the bad cop, right? Yeah. But I do want to make sure that there's somebody there doing it because (laughs) I know that it doesn't get done otherwise, man. Are we going to get to our destination if no one navigates us?
0: Nope. Or if, like, someone who has no idea how to navigate navigates us? Yeah, yeah. Right but we made it out okay yeah we were fine we got there we're still friends
1: that's the other lesson though really is like sometimes chill out
0: sometimes but
1: but the irony of it is if you don't
0: if you had never addressed (laughs) it i just kept sending us in squares the rest for the rest of the trip and we had never gotten out of port left
1: we'd have died there take another left some say we're still driving take a left up here (laughs) and then you're just gonna take another left can we jump in and wrap it up yeah, let's hop into his burrito and wrap it up.
0: How can our listeners support us, Grant?
1: You know, would it be too aggressive to uh, hashtag 10,000 miles? No, I
0: don't think so. 10, yeah, do hashtag 10K miles? Yeah,
1: I mean, do it. I think, um, as far as sharing those episodes and creating that conversation, I think it'd be fun to sort of just categorize that. I think. My trip, you know, it'll be a little bit before this is released, but I will hashtag that just to sort of keep it all in one place. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. I mean, obviously, go rate the show on iTunes; it would be super appreciated. Find a share player. it, share and
0: subscribe,
1: like us on the the Facebooks and and follow on the tours. I mean, we're I think we actually really are like focused on creating community. Um, on the ten thousand hours, uh, it's like one zero k hrs ten k hrs. Yep. Twitter handle. I, I'm, I'm kind of excited about that because we have, we have a guy named Clem, and maybe we can show notes his Twitter handle. Oh, yeah, let's who, do it. Who's managing that community, and, and I'm interacting Doing with him. a great job. Because that is really part of the ethos of this is that, like, the space between is where all the good stuff comes. Create an environment for cool people to come together, and they will make cool stuff.
0: Bingo. And give us feedback. We want feedback. We That's want true, interaction. Man. We want, you know, tweet at us. Hit us up on our Facebook page and email us. Word. Word up
1: as far as last words, Vince, do you have any like just real final thoughts on, on the topic of red flags and, and I guess what that means to you and, and how you put into action. We're very action oriented podcast.
0: We absolutely are this. I mean, it's about doing right. It's about getting stuff done, putting in time. Uh, I think one thing I would want to say is we talk a lot about the cases where you should identify, confront and work through a red flag. And that's like, that's the ideal, right? Is to see a problem, a potential problem. You recognize it from your past experiences, you address it with the person and you smooth it out. And that thing never comes to pass, right? Mm-hmm. You dealt with it early, but also something we didn't exactly touch on is understand. We, we did talk about a little bit, understand when it's a chronic case and it needs to be avoided and understand when you need to just not enter a project with someone, not take on the responsibility of dealing with this red flag, and just, you know, hands off. Just spare yourself the time, the energy, and the emotional stress, and avoid the flag. Not every flag can be uprooted.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to start us down the whole other path, but really within that is, like, if, he, if the last five projects you took on went nowhere... Maybe think about that as a red flag for your, your whole definition of, of oh yeah projects you're taking on, of what you're doing. You Seek know? out the pattern yeah.
0: and understand why it exists. What about you, Grant? Any last thoughts want to ship us out with?
1: Of course, it starts from self. You know? oh, yeah. How do you identify a red flag in yourself? How do you identify a red flag in somebody else is through understanding who you are and, and the situations you're entering into and being thoughtful about that whole process. I think the the real the real big last thoughts on that is have the confidence to stop a project, have the confidence to say no, mm-hmm. have the confidence mm-hmm. to move on, and and know that you can revisit. It, just because you're closing a door right now doesn't mean it's closed forever.
0: Absolutely, and it's really best not only for you but also for the person that you're working with that has the red flag.
1: Absolutely. So. Beyond that, I think it's just really trust your gut. Your gut says your gut says no. Honestly, I I really believe I really 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 believe my subconscious is way smarter than me because my subconscious is is constantly categorizing, is constantly uh, it's looking for patterns. Man. Yeah, it's multiplying. It, it's it's operating below the surface. And so I guess really the lesson there is finding ways to access your subconscious. I actually think you know something you said earlier about driving. That's a great way. Doing showering. chores, showering, do those things, and then think about those projects, and and then really consider like, what are you getting out of this? What is this How person getting out about of this? It? Yeah, and being honest uh, with that from the from the get go. Well you, said, man. Yeah. As always, well,
0: awareness. man.
1: Hey, <laughs> self awareness. Be aware, right? <laughs>
0: but it really does boil down to it.
1: Absolutely, I think I'm aware enough to ship this. Me. Ship Ship it. it. That's close. That was not bad. I think it was our first.
0: I think we've done a consecutive ship. We have done a uh, simultaneous. Simultaneous.
1: Simultaneous. (laughs) That's a whole nother show. (laughs)